Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today we are in 2 Kings 15 and 16, and I am joined in the podcast studio by a great friend, the one and only, Andrea Calderon. Hey guys, happy to be here. Andrea, it's so fun to have you in the podcast. This is a new thing for you, right? It is, but I'm excited to be joining. I'm excited you're joining too. For those who don't know you, Mm -hmm. would you share a little bit about how you came to know the Lord and then fast forward what's going on in your life today? Yes, absolutely. So grew up in a home where Jesus was talked about a lot Mm -hmm. and I would say dinner dinner table conversations, car rides on the way to school was about Jesus. And so had this idea of God in my mind for a long time of who He was. Um, But it wasn't a personal relationship really until um, high school when I found myself in isolation, loneliness, anxiety, and just had nowhere to look to. And it wasn't my parents' faith anymore, and it became really personal. And so really God used— TBRM. It was a summer camp. Summer. It's a great summer camp. It's a great. I, I worked summer there camp. in college, <laughs> um, and went there in my summers and spent summers there. And the older women, the counselors that invested their time into me, I just looked at their faith and was like, I want that. I want this personal relationship with Jesus. And so, um, through the anxiety and the loneliness, um, really just turned to God in high school, and then um, He just captured my heart and surrendered my life to Him and. Um, went back summer after summer to serve and then grew a heart for service and ministry at camp. And then God led me to A&M, went to, um, graduated there, then came to the Institute because I wanted to just grow more in my biblical knowledge and wanted to grow my heart for Him. And then God had me stay in Dallas. So now I'm here working on the young adults team and to do operations and event planning. And I really love it. It's been really fun. Good, good. I'm so glad. I know that you are a blessing to the young adults team and to the porch, and I'm really glad they have you on the team and that you're here in the podcast today to talk about Second Kings 15 and 16. I love it. Which are some tough, cha- tough chapters. Yes, it is some tough chapters for sure. Give us your initial impression of these. Right. You so, you find out. We send you the email. You're going to be on Join the Journey, <laughs> Second Kings 15 and 16. What would you think? Yeah, so I think— the first time that I read these chapters, one, did the Institute last year, and so had a little bit of a foundation of, okay, I know where we're at in the history of where Israel is. They've split. But my initial impression was, okay, a lot of bad kings, a lot of mm-hmm. kings falling, mm-hmm. and we see that they're really unstable in their monarchy of Israel in general. Yeah, It's, it's just not, not, it's not, not going well. Not a good time for Israel. Uh, what observations did you make? As you read through these chapters, what stood out? What did you notice? I noticed that there's a consistent theme of these kings displeasing the Lord. Hmm. They consistently chose to leave Israel in a path of destruction. And their leadership fell because they weren't trusting in the God of Israel. They were choosing to do their own thing in their own ways. Where do you see that in the text? Maybe a couple examples? If you look at chapter 15— and verse 9, they're talking about King Zechariah, and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, as his father had done. Mm-hmm. That's one of the first times that we yeah. see 
Zechariah did what was evil in the Lord's sight, as his ancestors had done. He refused to turn from the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had led Israel to commit. Hmm. And then they conspired against him, and he gets assassinated in public. <laughs> so it really didn't go well for him when he rebelled. No, it was a, it was a short reign for him. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. not very long. What else? Where do you see that? see these bad examples. Yeah, we see it again in verse 18 um, with Menahem, and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So there's a consistent theme of these kings coming to reign over Israel and them displeasing God Mm -hmm. and them them falling. So it's at this time we see it as you keep reading during Menahem, King Menahem's, however you pronounce it, during his reign, um, that this guy named Paul shows up. And it's interesting that, is that the name that's in verse 19 that's in your translation? Yes. P-U-L, mm-hmm. Um The Assyrian inscriptions identify him as this guy named Tiglath Pileser III. Uh, and so it's it's intriguing that there's a different name that they almost are using like a nickname for the Assyrian king here. But it's because this is the first explicit mention of Assyria and kings. And it's interesting that the writer of Second Kings chose to use this casual nickname for the king rather than the formal Tiglath Pileser the Third, you know. Uh, but I, I think there's something unique there because, as you'll get to in a second, Rhea, we'll see the Assyrians are about to become a very key player in the life of the Northern Kingdom, Israel. So it's interesting. You keep going. <laughs> yeah, we see this consistent theme of. Israel falling into Mm -hmm. their sin. And I kind of want to jump to chapter 16. Sure, let's do it. One, because I think King Ahaz really puts them in a really bad state. Mm -hmm. Verse 3 says, King Ahaz did not what was right in the eyes of the Lord as as his father David had done, but he walked in the way of the kings of Israel. He even burned his son as an offering. Mm. And Ahaz just completely rejects the godly heritage of David, mm-hmm. and he is embracing this um, unrighteous way towards the northern kingdom. Yeah. And what's interesting about Ahaz, I think, is all the way down, and Emma, I would love your thoughts as well, but mm-hmm. in verse 7, he says, I am your servant and your son. Come up and rescue me from the hand of the king of Syria mm-hmm. and from the hand of king of Israel. And so Ahaz is trying to surrender to the wrong army in order to be free. And he ultimately is showing his distrust in God. Yeah, which is is crazy because you think about way back, Exodus 19.6, God sets the Israelites apart, as do you remember from the Institute? Yes. He sets them apart as a kingdom Uh, of priests, a holy nation. Very good. He makes them a holy nation. He gives them the law. He makes them this distinct people. And he gives them very specific instruction. And it was, hey, don't intermarry with the foreign nations. Don't mm-hmm. intertwine your lives. Don't worship God like they do. Deuteronomy twelve thirty one. You must not worship the Lord your God the way they do. For everything that is abhorrent to him, everything he hates, they have done when worshiping their gods. They even burn up their sons and daughters. And that's, we're kind of seeing the culmination of everything God warned the Israelites not to do is coming to a head here. And the king of Israel is so blinded by his sin Hmm. that he's, he's not aware of just how far 
they've drifted. It's just how far they've run. I mean, he's sacrificing a kid and he doesn't get it. And so I'm like, man, I'm not surprised that he's looking for help from the wrong army because he's gone so far. It's a tragedy. It's heartbreaking. But that's what, what's the quote Josiah always says? Sin will take you farther. It's not Josiah's original quote. It's like Jonathan Edwards or something. But it's sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Yeah. Something to that effect. And that that is this. We'll, we'll find who actually said the quote and put it in the description. But as we close, Andrea, um, final thoughts, any application, any other observations you want to leave us with? I think final thoughts is I can read chapters 15 and 16 and just think, oh, these are just a bunch of bad kings that fell. Hmm. Um, but ultimately, reading these passages and reminded of the reason why Jesus had to be the perfect king to come because of these sinful men who couldn't keep what was right in God's eyes. There would have to be someone to come um, and be the perfect king. And so this just, to me, I read these and it brings to mind the depravity of man and just our need for a greater king to come and for him to be the king of Israel to reign. And so, Mm -hmm. and just reminded of Ahaz in chapter 16 of, in a time of distress— who am I going to run to and who am I going to look to? Look to the good and perfect king and the good God. So it's good. It's good, Andrea. Thank you for being here. Thank you for that encouraging reminder that we can always look to the good and perfect king in the midst of chaos or when we're on the mountaintop. Either way. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.